Hi. Well, I'm Neil Brennan. I have a podcast that you're not that you're watching. It doesn't it doesn't look like my podcast. Although we go on the road sometimes. <laughs> uh, it's called Blocks. I have a Netflix special. We talk about what are the things that make me feel like something's the matter with me alone in the world. Jimmy Carr said, "Have your friends on, and they'll talk about their blocks." My guest today is a, a long time. Fifteen. We'll go fifteen yeah. years. Yeah, fifteen years. And also, really, the pooba of narrative. Stand up. Um, one of the poobahs, the poobah. I'll go I'll go on record saying <laughs> the poobah. Uh of narrative stand up. Mike Berbiglia, ladies and gentlemen. Wow. Yeah, pretty great. Fifteen Super- years friends, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, that's about right. And I I'll second your point about Jimmy Carr. Jimmy Carr, in addition to being a hilarious com- comic, he's very generous with ideas. Like he yeah. gave you the idea. He's like, You should have a podcast yes. where you ask people what their blogs are. Yes. He give you know, he he'll come to my show similar to you, he'll go here's five tags yeah I might not use all of them but like that's a nice thing to do that's what yeah. you do that's what you do when yeah. you come it's to my also, shows I mean I there's a part of me that's like it's selfish I just want to get my I want one of my jokes in yeah. there but at the same time like I could not tell you yeah of course some of them occasionally they help so I could you know self excuse me selfishness <laughs> helps sometimes our own personal selfishness. And Jimmy Carr wa- listens, watches every episode, and compliments it like it wasn't his idea. That's hilarious. Now, the thing I always worry about for myself, and not you, I guess I, I worry about that the how many narrative stand-up shows can you do? Yeah, that's a great question. I think about that all the time, because right now I'm out, I'm working at the new hour. Yeah, if you're not familiar with Mike's work, boyfriend's girlfriend. Girlfriend's boyfriend. One, girlfriend's boyfriend, and, his, and the follow-up. Boyfriend's girlfriend, <laughs> uh, the new one, old man in the pool. Thank God for jokes, and thank God for jokes. And the other one that I don't sleepwalk with me, which the thing about you that I I forget, so I'm assuming everybody else forgets. You've also directed two very good movies. Thanks, man. And nobody, it just seems to like not. It proves my point that people think of you like I can't really alter people's perception of me at this point. Yeah, I can't. I don't no. think I can. I also realize people only watch one special. People, people go three mics. I got, I got a new one. They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not. I, they without we saying, they go, we're not watching. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm not doing that again. Wow. Yeah. So, so, um, I'm doing the old man in the pool. I did it on Broadway, and I'm doing it one last time in Scotland and London in the fall. Then it's going to come out on a thing, which mm-hmm. I haven't announced, but it's going to come out. Right. And uh, yeah, what the question is, when, what do you do when you have, do you have more narrative specials in you? I don't know. I've been working on new material. I just got back from Madison. I, I'm doing 70 minutes. It's right. not a single narrative. It's doing well. I got tons of jokes. And I think what it comes down to is, can you come up with a way that your 10 stories could, look, I feel like you're thinking this way too. It's like, you start off, you write 100 jokes that work. You mm-hmm. start with 500 jokes that don't work. And then you have, oh, here's 100 that work. And then you're like, wow, 100 out of 500? <laughs> how did you do that? <laughs> and then you go like, how could the 100 be 10 stories or 10 chunks? And then you're like, could the 10 chunks be a single narrative? And like, I don't know yet. You, I, the thing I want to talk to you about, which is hilarious. This guy came to my show Friday night at the Kennedy Center. Standing ovation, which can or cannot mean something. I so it went well. Yeah, DMs me, in essence, saying, 
you weren't sad enough. <laughs> he said, I kept waiting for you to appear. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. And it's like, so then I'm, I'm, I did a sh- announcement on the next show. Hey, if you're here for that. Oh, wow. You've lived a life of bad news. Here's some more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not very upset. I'm not bummed out anymore. So just you wanted to see me like run around the yard or do you need me to? Right. Do you need some other tone? I'm not opposed to the guy. I'm not opposed to like, I'll, I'll always be looking for more structure. Yeah. But it was just an odd thing. Well, I think what happens is, is you, you know, you, you know, you're special. I don't think I can guarantee a woman's emotional safety. Pretty accessible comedy show, huh, folks? <laughs> In my specials. Jen and I attempt to conceive for eight months and it does not work. Cause like I said, my body is a lemon. Get sad. We go there. We reveal, like you're saying, your blocks. Uh, and then there is an expectation of like, okay, that's what they're all yeah. going to be yeah. like. And I, I try to say. I understand that. Yeah. I try to say at the beginning of the shows, this isn't going to be that. Yeah. I literally say it. Like the other shows, they had an arc, blah, blah. This isn't going to happen. Right. And that way, they, there's like expectation. Oh, okay. We get it. He's just working out the jokes. Yeah. That are going to become the thing. But like, I think what's funny is, is like with the the shows that have pathos and all this kind of stuff versus not like you even take like Chris Rock's Tambourine, which is, I think, a brilliant special. Mm-hmm. It's his most vulnerable mm-hmm. in a certain way. Talks about his divorce. Yeah. There is no equality in a relationship. He definitely like in a certain way, it's like you really only need one or two moments in a special where there's no punchline where you just bring them the truth and sadness about what your existence is sometimes for people to go, oh, wow. Yeah. It's like a shock to the system. Yeah. I hear what you're saying. So, all right, I'll force it in. No, you don't have to force it in. I didn't, (laughs) look, I didn't do it in Madison. But like, yeah. But do you think you'll do it eventually in this new hour? No, I think I'll have more structure. I think it'll be more, uh, the setups will be more specific or the setups will be more, in some ways, and this is how blocks came to be anyway, is that I was kind of like, what am I saying? And then work backward from there. Yeah. With this, I will get more, what am I saying? And then, and then, but it'll never, I don't want to be sad. No, I get it. I don't, because I'm not, I'm not anymore. Like, I, yeah. I don't say like, and I never was. What? <laughs> no, I'm I'm just not. Like, I've wow. done enough stuff that yeah. I feel you did the magnets i did dude you know what I've done. i gave you a fucking montage people cut to the montage will shut the magnets i did it i went to china it's like uh it's like a uh a, a uh telemarketing thing where it's like what would you pay i'm throwing in the magnets i'm throwing in the dmt i'm throwing in ayahuasca please call the toll-free number you see on your screen right now so so uh mild mood alteration more than that um so so i've done all the stuff so i don't wanna i mean maybe i but i at the same time i don't want it to be a triumph i don't want it to be like and i'm i don't i don't it doesn't feel our uh energetically artistically correct to force in a narrative so here's what i would say to that person who's your show saying what about what's sadness I actually think that even if you don't have an arc and you don't have just hard, sad parts, I think the best jokes 
have a sadness that underlies them and then it turns on you. And so that you go there and then you're laughing at the thing that you're going there for. Yeah, right? but this guy's just in the crowd. Yeah, yeah, I know. He just wants it to be sad. He wanted uh, introspection. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But that part of my life's over. <laughs> I'm not looking inside. <laughs> That's just on the yet. podcast. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, yeah. Ben, That's why the podcast is so good, though, in a way. Like, your podcast and my podcast, Working It Out, are of a similar DNA in the sense that, like, and I think it's the reason why people even listen to podcasts. Uh-huh. They want to know what the real is. What is it? Also, I mean, I think it's the why books are popular and why podcasts are popular. Hey, what's it like to be you? Yeah. What's it like? Can I get some some firsthand uh, experience of in someone else's shoes. That's what blocks is. It's like, it's like, what's the thing that makes you feel like you're alone in this. And so when yes. someone can pull that off and you can feel like, Oh my God, that's not just me. That's Neil too. That's Mike yes. too. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. But so was an hour of jokes. But, to, but to go back to Chris Rock, it's like, that's for me. That's my favorite part of Tamarine. Because I'm like, yeah. even Chris Rock feels that way. Yeah. This person I look up to, and I think he's like, yeah. he's like walks on water. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, he feels sad too. Yeah. Yeah. I I am with you. I guess it's as someone who is inspired to do a show that way, you've been inspired to do shows that way. If I don't, if it doesn't automatically if i'm not automatically driven to go that way i don't want to pretend yeah i get it you know what i mean yeah you don't want to put it on yeah and i am also of the mind that people just want jokes anyway they do they that's don't, true too they also are just like for all the for the guy that dm me i'll have a i'll have maybe a dozen people that are like yeah great just yeah be well, like part Brian of the re- Regan. i mean one of the reasons that blocks work so well is that it's got banger jokes right Man, yeah, that's like, yeah, that's what people remember. Yeah, that's yeah. Mike, you've sent me some blocks, and they're <laughs> great. No, block number one, having a lack of control. Yeah, tell me about that. I mean, I just witness it in my own like career. So, like with I made I directed two movies, and I got convinced them to let me have final cut because there's something about shooting a movie or making anything and then having it taken away from you is viscerally I, I get like upset i i so someone said you have autism get yeah. a test okay got the test the lowest score you can have on the test and be autistic is a 26 i got a 26 okay oh. so i'm just yeah yeah I just made, like I jumped on the the boat. <laughs> I wanted on that boat so bad. And uh and uh and I wanted it on makes that boat me, so bad. It makes me it makes me feel like uh, like auti- like Asperger's reaction yeah. when things are out of my control. Same. In that regard. Yeah. Where I'm going to be held responsible yeah and i didn't get to have final say yeah, the idea of your name being on the thing but then it's like kind of junky version yeah. of itself yeah and do you feel the same way yeah i mean that's why i work on my solo shows for like three or four years because it's like this thing of like i don't want it to be not the thing that's in my head yeah 
you know, I have the same thing even with like the marketing materials. I want the poster to be right. I want the trailer to be right. I want like everything. And and along the way, in show business, there's so many people who want that control mm-hmm. because there it means money. Or I also think people want the control just because they want it. I want it. You even see it with like Netflix, right? Where it's like you'll see a movie that's an ensemble. And then the marketing poster that they're using as the thumbnail is like Anne Hathaway. And it's like she's in an ensemble, but it's a solo shot of her. And I, I, just, I'm not even involved with that movie and I'm annoyed. Right. I'm now, like, I could why? argue the opposite, which is like people are going to click on it because it's Anne Hathaway. Oh, I know. That's what they're thinking. That's, that's what, you know. Yeah. What, and, then, and then they see the ensemble. I know, I know, but don't don't you have like with stuff you make? Can you? Yeah, ma- yeah. But I, yeah, I do with like you know things I work on or like what, and then if it's not going to be that, I get so divorced from it. Yeah, or I'm like I don't even acknowledge it that yeah. I had anything to do with it because it just wasn't what I wanted. So I even have it with like I'm going to Edinburgh and London in august and september and i'm like what where's the airbnb what is the walk from the airbnb to the venue at Edinburgh? what's the walk from the you know what i mean like and that's three months from now like, and what are you worried about i don't know it's it's a lack of it's another one of my blocks i can't live in the present yeah so i'm constantly i'm gaming out the future yeah always like in detail yep like i'm google like Google mapping was the worst thing that ever happened to people like me. Because uh-huh. yeah. I'm just like, okay, okay so what if I made it right? Yeah, okay, so this is like the Danish pastry shop on this corner, and then I walk yeah. by here, and I walk. Well, what if the, what if there's no, what if this shut this whole block is shut down because it's the West End? Maybe it's they, they shut it down. So that that's like my whole inner monologue. Yeah, I I had a thought one time that our brains write tragedies about the past. <laughs> and dystopian sci-fi about the future yeah yeah and it's like and it doesn't write anything about the present yeah it's just like no that was a tragedy back there yeah that what you experienced and the future is going to be worse that's so funny some you said something on this podcast on one of the other episodes that i quote all the time which is probably a misquoting but it's like that comedians' brains are like the internet before there was the internet. Yeah. We just go association, association, yep. association. Yep. Yes. <clears throat> and so the internet in some ways is the worst thing that ever happened to people like us because we overthink everything and then we game. Now we have an engine. We have, an, we have actually tools. Yeah. We can game out our trip in four or five months ago from now. And like, meanwhile, it's going to be completely different from how we imagine it. Yeah. The the idea of like controlling things in advance, like so much of it's out. Of There's our also hands. a thing, another thing. Someone recorded my good night in one of the shows this week. Yeah, just like waving mm-hmm. applause. Right, I can hear people talking, and I'm literally listening to it over <laughs> and over again. To what the audience like is the saying? conversation, like the fucking Francis Ford Coppola oh movie about paranoia. Oh my god, the conversation. And oh it's like sometimes I think it's negative and then sometimes I think it's neutral and then some things <laughs> maybe it's positive. And I'm like, what are you? What if it's negative, Neil? Yeah. What if it is? Then what? And, Th- by, and then, by the way, of course it is from someone. Sure. Of course. What are you? A hundred percent? Yeah. 
hundred percent approval. Yeah, no one is. Like, eh. Yeah, yeah. Rocky wasn't a hundred percent approval. Four percent walked out of the theater and go, I don't. It didn't seem real how he's boxing. Well, you know what they could have said. He lost. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He lost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's fair. Um, fair criticism. Why of Rocky. show me a white loser? That's what's great. A, a white loser again. I, I could look at it through a racial lens, but it's I. There was a sketch one time that I wanted to write. It was the that Rocky. The plot of Rocky is a black champion gives a white loser a chance. Oh my god, <laughs> you're. Re- that's an interesting re- uh, rewrite or that's reposition. What it, that's what reposition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the plot. Well, that's your marketing. Um, a benevolent yeah. black champion gives a white loser a chance. Yeah. Um. Because Apollo Creed wins and in beats the end. him. Yep. He does. Beats yeah. Him. Yeah. Yep. Interesting. Yeah. Uh. But he didn't kill him. <laughs> he didn't kill him. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Um. So anyhow. So. So you need you like the lack of control. How how does it? Well, I guess you are you because of you will jump out the window. Yeah, there are certain people and certain like I, I you know who I, I I've said it on here before. People hate control freaks. It's like how about your brain surgeon? Yeah, are you are you opposed to him being controlly and wanting things? Right. No, certain people I want. Sh- how about your pilot? How about like on and on and on? I if you need control for it to go right, I cede that to you. It's a tricky one because you know you know you you're I think first guest on the show is David Letterman, and people always would say he wants everything exactly this way. He doesn't want anyone you know, within 50 feet of his dressing room before the show and all this stuff. And I'm always like, I really like the show. You know what yeah. I mean? Like whatever he's doing. Yes. I really like how it came yes. out. Yeah. How would you like it to, how would you like it to be? You want yeah. sandwiches everywhere? You want it to smell <laughs> any temperature yeah, in yeah. the studio? Any it's yeah. It's a thing that I find people complain about people or things just out of this weird i think it's jealousy i remember when dicaprio when when i'm old enough to remember when titanic came out Hmm. and i remember people going that guy it went from like he sleeps with a lot of women oh yes ma'am i do to he's gay oh yeah yeah. and it just became this thing of like it's just like what can we possibly what can we neg- pin on this How guy? can we negate this? Yeah, yeah. How can we negate this great-looking, talented guy? Yeah, really good actor. Who's seemingly pretty normal, not a monster, not a drug addict, and they go, ah. And you're just looking for him and going, Let- who, Letterman? You know he likes it 64 degrees. No, and I know. Yeah, how exactly. is that a criticism? I always I always get worried for uh, the comic in the, in the nation, who, uh, whoever it is at any given moment, who's number one. I'm mm-hmm. always like, that doesn't end well. It's not easy. It's like because I, would... I, I think you lose control. To to your point about Leonardo DiCaprio, the moment you become number one, everyone comes for you. Yeah, and I've never experienced it, and I I hope to never. I don't think I will. I I don't think I have the ingredients for it, which is actually to my benefit. I mean, yes and no. It's like it's to your benefit. It's Marin said one time, he's like, I don't, he didn't begrudge Louie because he's like, I, I don't think I could handle that level of fame. Right. There's a wild level of fame. Yeah. And Mulaney's had it. Yeah. Famous people are weird as shit. Wherever, where, and, and to define it, just so people understand what we're talking about, to say number one or whatever, it's basically like 
every conversation you're in with someone who isn't in comedy ask you about that person. yes they ask you about that yeah. person so they go hey do you know john mulaney yep do you know chris rock whatever it is yep. and it's like you're, you're oh. the logo for the thing you're like okay. you, if you google yeah you, you're the avatar for stand-up yes. comedian stand-up comedy it'll be a picture of Malay for like a year and it, it was, was hannah gatsby Chris for yeah yep yes it was, I don't, it I was Dave Chappelle the, for I a bunch of I didn't see the time. Hannah Gatsby year. <laughs> no, there was. There was. There was yeah. a year where it was like, or at least everyone in my circles would be like, do you know Maybe Hannah in your Gatsby? algorithm it was Hannah Gatsby? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it never, <laughs> it was Chris, Dave, Mulaney. Um, Louie. And also Louie. Yeah. Sebastian, to some degree, has yeah. that right now. People don't like stand-up that much. Most yeah. people don't. It It's like being in a weird sports league. It's like being a professional. I had the thought that. Well, it's like, bowl, like bowler. It bowlers a little soccer popular okay. in Portland. Right, pop, right, right. Like it's popular, <laughs> popular in certain it's popular in certain it's or like F one where it's I see popular. It's yeah, yeah. not that popular for most if you ever look at the Netflix, if you get a sense of how many people watch soccer in America. Yes. If not not in Europe. No, God no. <laughs> um if you look at how many people watch the Chris Hemsworth action extraction movie. Yes. On Netflix versus how many people watch even Kevin or Dave, Mulaney, yeah, Chris, yeah, yeah, for like, sure. It's exponentially higher for movies. Yeah, exponent. Like I believe it's ten times higher. Yeah, or even like uh, that excellent series that Margaret Qualley was in made mm -hmm. was in like the top ten like again recently. Mm -hmm. Like this like drama about this really sad situation. Yeah, you know, with this woman with her yeah. daughter, and it's like people. People watch that People exponentially like, more than stand-up comedy. Yep, they want stories, and they want helicopters, and they want stakes, and they yeah. want you got to get yeah. there. Hey, um, did you see my Netflix special blocks that I keep talking about on here? At one point, I point out in the special... This thing? You know, you're like, that's not a watch? You're right, it's not a watch. It's called a Pavlock. This thing gives me a small electric shock every three minutes on stage to remind me to smile more. It's been happening the entire show. <laughs> Let's back up. Let's back up in time. So when I first started doing stand-up, I was very uncomfortable on stage, and I have a sort of serious face. And so I would give somebody money. Uh, I would give somebody 100 bucks. This is actually a good incentive to just do in your life. 100 bucks, and I said, for every time I smile, give me 20 bucks back. First time I did it, in a 10-minute in a set, she gave me 20 bucks. So I only smiled once, my point. So then I was thinking of a way to, I'd seen those uh, BDSM like collars where you can shock your lover in a kink way. But I was like, I wonder if there's a way that I could shock myself as like a reminder to smile on stage or to move around on stage. That's another thing. I don't know what I, what I Googled, but Pavlok came up, P-A-V-L-O-K. And it was kind of exactly what I was looking for. It did have the remote zap so I could, you know, how kinky I am. So I love that. And uh, and then I could set it for every 90 seconds to zap me on stage or whatever. And it actually works. In fact, I'm going to uh, bring it back because I keep doing this thing. You can stop biting your nail. It has a thing where if you if it goes above a certain height, it'll zap you. So like if you're biting your nails, it'll zap you. I do this thing where I pull my beard recently. It's just a weird nervous habit that I, it's just a feedback loop I can't get out of. It gets you out of the feedback loop because it reminds you like, don't do that. And then eventually you just stop wanting to do it because 
Our brains are stupid. Right now, Pavlog is celebrating 10 years of transformative impact that has revolutionized the lives of over 400,000 individuals worldwide. If you're ready to bid farewell to nail-biting, procrastination, and more, then head over to pavlog.com and use code NEAL at checkout to enjoy 40% off any device. That's a legit good deal. That's P-A-V-L-O-K dot C-O-M and use code N-E-A-L to save 40% off while kicking bad habits today. Kick them. Taking your life to the next level has never been easier thanks to Pavlok. You know I use it. You've seen me use it. I use it. All right. Like control. And you've just sort of ceded, have you ceded control to your lack of, like, have you just gone, have you accepted that part of yourself? Well, here's what's funny. We're in my podcast studio right now. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. I hope it's not lost on no. you. No, no, uh, this just seemed like <laughs> convenience to me. It is, it is. Yeah. Like, they, I'm with you, but it was also like, I'm going to the airport. So right. Why do I care? Right. But, but uh, uh, yeah, have I have I seeded it? Yeah, but I think Jenny, my wife Jenny, wouldn't say so. You know what I mean? Like I, like I feel like on a on a day to day basis, if I you am don't eat control. what you, if you're if you don't do stuff with your kid the way you need it, it do you then does does your does it flare? Do you get a flare up? Yeah, I think I get. Up? I think I get anger. Um, I have this thing. One of my blocks that I told you is is yelling. I hate it when people yell at me. Mm-hmm. I can't. I, I like. I have people in my life who have yelled at me, and like I just don't like talk to them anymore. <laughs> just like I just like I can't go there. I can't. I can be honest. Anyone can be. I feel like anyone can who knows me well knows they can be honest with me. Mm-hmm. Even you and I talk on the phone sometimes. Like you'll tell me things that are just like critical but true. And, yeah, and I, I mean, I the famous one is after your show. I said like, not as good as the, not as good as the last one. Better than the one before that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, like yeah, literally. I don't right even know if that's it. true, but it's my opinion. That was your take. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, um, yeah, no. So I can take like frankness. Um, yelling somehow like shuts me down. And so like to like to circle back to like what do I feel when I lose control? It's like anger. And it's like a thing where I, and I think that my dad expressed it when I was growing up through yelling, which some people say this is healthy. Some people say yelling is healthy. I don't know. Maybe it is, but I don't do it. And then I end up feeling like anxiety from it. From other people yelling or from you yelling. From other people yelling or me, me feeling like I'm out of control and then feeling like, like anger from it. How do you deal with like having to change things? M- meaning, if you're directing something or your show or yeah. you're like, hey, I need it a certain way. I've gotten, I think over the years, like I've just worked on um, the language of, um, I really would love for this to be like this. Um, can we try to figure out how that might be like that? And I, so yeah, it's hard to get there. Yeah. I, Cause the instinct is this. Yeah. And it's like, how do you get the, the instinct, instinct? Is why is a, that right there? The but instinct is a flinch. Yeah, it's it's like a hot stove, right? Right. So it's like it, to me, I, it feels like uh, a hot stove. If somebody's not doing the thing I need, the thing that we talked about, right? The thing that we agreed to, and right. then they're not doing it. 
feels like a hot stove and you're getting to the point where you're going like, you know what, stove, would you mind taking yourself down a few degrees? And I'm going to, I'm <laughs> going to take my hand away, stove. <laughs> and I just hope that you understand, stove, <laughs> that this is in no way a judgment on you. Like, I can't, I may never uh, get there. I'm get, I've gotten better. Wow. I've gotten better. I I was directing a commercial like a couple days after an ayahuasca thing and and I was like and they just weren't doing it. I go, you know what? Maybe we're not supposed to get this shot. Right. And, and by the way, then I got it. But I my I did get a moment of like, you know what? Maybe guys, I I maybe maybe what I'm asking for isn't realistic. But I'm the part of me, there's still always gonna be a part of me that I think it's and I've talked about it on here before. Because me and Dave didn't get half baked the way we wanted, paid a price. Yes. And then so now I'm like, am I gonna pay that price again? Yeah. Am I gonna be in the woods for five years yeah. again? Because uh, for a myriad of reasons. But wow. But yeah, so I think yeah, so I, I I basically try to think what what's the worst thing that could happen. Uh-huh. That was like a piece of advice my dad gave me when I was younger. That's always been a good he mantra. He yelled it at you. Okay. He yelled it at me. <laughs> no, my dad gave me two good pieces of advice that have stuck with me. One is worse, what's the worst thing that can happen in like every situation. And the other is just like, are you ha- he said his dad used to say this to him. Are you having any fun? And those are like two good. Yeah, a barometer for what? Are you having any fun? In any situation. Like, are you enjoying this at all? And is that, and then move, stop? Yeah, or, if you're not having any fun, then sort of why are you doing it? If you're not enjoying it, why are you doing it? Which is, I think is a good piece of insight. But but what's the worst thing that can happen? I even say to my daughter a lot, who's eight, you know, because it's like if she's upset about something, it's like, oh, yeah, I know what you mean. But like, you know, what's the worst thing that can happen? And, and then when you talk through what's the worst thing that can happen, like usually it's not that bad. Like even as like, you know, practical form, you're shooting movies. Like if we don't get the shot, maybe after lunch we could shoot it or we could pick up a version of it tomorrow or whatever it is. Like it's actually usually the stinks aren't like we'll never get it. Yeah. I I guess I go into I catastrophize it. I do too. Where I'm I told him I would get it. I look incompetent if I don't get it. Yes. I'm it's gonna fall apart if I don't get it. We're not gonna be able to get it after lunch. Yes. We're not gonna be able to get it tomorrow. Why can't I get it now? I told you what we needed. <laughs> yes you know what i mean and then i get into blame i get it like catastrophize and like and also let's talk about you you (laughs) said you would do and none of it's good yeah but you're right you're right in that i'm trying to think of the times i've been on a very pleasant in a pleasant environment uh creatively or professionally yeah where it's like this is pleasant this is very nice it's all a little chaotic yeah. Generally speaking. Well, it's funny. Like, I, I have a joke in The Old Man in the Pool where I say, they say we project onto our partner the the the, the part of our parent who is hardest on us. And I don't think it's entirely true. I think the reason I married my dad is he loves me. And, and sometimes I wonder why, because I'm a bad boy. And and it's a fun little I joke. I that gets two or three, two and a half laughs. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. But it's like, it's a, it's a block. I mean, it's certainly yeah. like projecting on to people. I project on to people. A lack of they don't respect me. Yeah, little I'm a young because you're because your dad probably. Well, my dad was like didn't respect anybody, and then I'm the youngest ten, so I'm arguing with twenty year olds when I'm five. 
Yeah. Who aren't, and by the way, they're crazy. <laughs> you're arguing with 20 year olds and you're five. Yeah, and it shows. <laughs> and I've st- I haven't changed one uh, ounce of tone. But that's true. Like I've been and you know some of these 20 like oh, yeah, yeah. crazy. So so th- that's my tone, but finding a better and not taking it personally. Not oh, personalizing yeah, yeah. stuff. It's just best of luck. No, I know. Best, best oh of, i know no i trust me I, but I don't you, know how did you get to a point of i guess if you hate yelling you won't yell and i guess if you hate losing control you won't lose control yeah and i think i, I think that the the downside of the not yelling is like it probably comes out in the form of just speaking in a certain way like there's a yell talk i call like, people buddy hey neil buddy i'm right here why are you yelling because that's what I do. Like my producer will, I'll go like, "Buddy, come on!" And he's like, "Cake." When you call me, buddy, it feels <laughs> like a little bit like make a wishy, right? And I, it, I don't mean it that way, right? It's like if I were like, "Neil, are we doing this?" Yeah, exactly. Doing this? Yeah, it's yeah. Like, like, I'm not yelling, but it's like, yeah, yeah, exactly. So people, that's a whole other issue, which is how people interpret your communication style. But yeah, but, but I'm fascinated by people who were able to i'm fascinated with people that deal with conflict from a place of needing in a certain way yeah and because those are two those are almost cross purposes which is i things have to be a certain way or i freak out yeah but also i can't i don't freak out yes no i know i think that's tricky that's that's what that's why some people say like you know, it's like the more that you suppress of your feelings. Well, that's what I'm wondering. Are you, do you come across passive aggressive to people Oof, you work with? I don't know. I, I hope I don't. I think you'd have to ask him. But I, you know, like my director, Seth Barish, who directed all my solo shows, like he, I don't think he thinks I'm passive aggressive. I actually think we have a really, really, really open dialogue. Like we, because we talk about our, we talk about our blocks in our process. Yeah. Like we talk about how we're both averse to conflict and we're both, yeah. blah, blah, and we'll have like, we'll really, really, really have it out in terms of like, uh, n- not fighting, but like, but just like being really, really honest. Yeah. But um, yeah. That must, that, do you have acid reflux? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you've had it in the last 20 minutes. Yeah, I think that's probably true. This well, this is a good well, exercise. Well, we noticed. <laughs> What's the exercise? The blocks. It's good exercise. Oh, talking about it? Yeah, it's interesting. Do you not talk about it very often? No, I think like I don't do it in such a direct way. Like, what are your blocks list? Yeah. I'm of the mind that it minimizes them. I was gonna say when you yell at people, it totally minimizes them in a bad way. Like that's the thing that I I feel minimized, then I yell, they feel minimized, and then it's everyone's just upset. <laughs> I was opening for a comic once, I won't say who, early in my career mm-hmm. at Caroline's. And uh, there's a light for people who don't understand comics. It's like there's a light that says, you know, you can get off the stage in a minute a or a few minutes. F- yeah. few minutes. <clears throat> Wrap it up. Wrap it up. They turned the red light on, then they turned it off. I didn't see it. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know I had the light. So I was supposed to do 10, 15 minutes. I did a half hour. And the, and then I was like, oh, no. Like, come off stage. And the headliner just goes, what the fuck were you? you know, and he's like yelling at me at Caroline. 
and I just shrunk so hard. I'm so sorry. I had no idea, you know, and it was awful. And the, and the, and the guys and the person's wife was there and he, and, and she goes, he won't remember this tomorrow. (laughs) That's true of, that's true of people who have anger issues. That's interesting. Yeah. The key is I'm finally just recently crossed the precipice into not taking it on knowing that they're like they're not they're not even gonna remember so it just blows past you yeah just it doesn't happen that often but i've had bad experience with people and been and had the thought they're not gonna they're not gonna remember this they don't i just know i i know what they're like you and i have a thing in common in addition to artistically we make similar tone tones of shows or have but like you we're also both talkers like mm-hmm. I'll call you or you'll mm-hmm. call me and we'll pick up the phone, which no one does mm-hmm. in Gen Z. Adult or, life, yeah. Uh, yeah, the next generation, whatever's yeah. X, yeah. after X. Yeah. And we'll usually get to the heart of the matter pretty fast. Yeah. I wonder with the next generation, they don't talk on the phone, they text. I'm like, isn't text averting tone? And as a result, isn't it I getting away say, from what's actually happening? be able to relate to this. I find Gen... And some Gen, Gen Z or millennial, Gen Y and Z and millennial have acknowledged this. They are the most insincere group of people I've ever met in my entire life. <laughs> Is you ever hear a compliment from someone? It's like you died. <laughs> what do you mean? They're like you're iconic. Oh my god! You're literally <laughs> iconic. And you're like you're you iconic. have to shut the fuck up. Oh my god! You're there's no possible way. It is such an honor. To me, no, I know. You, Mike. And you're like, just stop. Just say hi. Quinta Brunson called, said to me that I was an OG and I wanted to d- pass out and die. I was like, I'm 40. I, at the no, time, I was like, course. I'm 42. <laughs> like, <laughs> Shit. I'm older than you and have, they came out 20, uh, six years ago. Now. <laughs> hi. Hey, you know how doing things is a nightmare and that buying tickets for events is toward the top of that nightmare hierarchy. Game Time, regular sponsor, is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. I was on Game Time recently. My nephew was here, and he wanted to go to the Dodgers game. And, you know, not not really my thing, but and I didn't feel like calling people. Be like, can you give me a Dodger ticket? So I went on Game Time, got Dodger tickets, and it was like, Three buttons. I went on the app, and uh, it was like three buttons, and we were we were good. It was easy. It's so easy. You think you're like uh, De Niro, or you're not like De Niro. When De Niro in Goodfellas, when De Niro's telling Ray Liotta's wife to go pick up a coat, he's going like, "No, down there, down there," and she's looking back like, "What? I can't." Um, we can't cut to a clip because it would be endorsing them. But I think I captured it pretty well. That's you're suspicious that it's that it's that as easy as it is. Game time is the place for last minute ticket deals. Forget planning months in advance. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Snag the tickets without the stress with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, and use B L O C K S for $20 off your first purchase. That's B L O C K S for $20 off your first purchase. In fact, somebody in New York came to my sold out show. It'd be cool. And said that they use game time to get the tickets. Terms apply. Again, create an account 
and redeem code BLOCKS for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Okay, that's being yelled at. Oh, this is fun. anything with physical strength. Mm-hmm. Okay. Does that count as a block? No. Oh, I mean, yes. I, I'm saying, like, it, y- yes. Yeah. And I have a fear, like, I have a fear of, honestly, like, being handed the ball or being handed anything where, like, my dad's a doctor. I always marvel at that as anyone who works in medical profession or anything where they have the stakes of another human being. In their physical. Yes. Yeah. In their grasp. I'm just like, I don't even I know how you physical. do that. Go ahead. In their grasp. Are you afraid of physical weakness? I'm afraid of failing on someone else's behalf. I have a similar, but much lower stakes. I don't like slicing cake. <laughs> That's a good one. I don't like slicing cake That's a good in front example. of people. I don't like it. Get out. Go into the other room. I'm going to slice this cake carving. I don't I've never carved a turkey. Never will in front of people. Yeah. Uh, That that makes sense. It because it seems like there are people who know how to do it. Yes. I don't know how they know. I know I've never been classically trained. Yes. I don't know. Even I really don't even know what a successful slice entails. Yeah, yeah, I get that. So I get the the fear of, I don't like, like last week I was shooting something in a gym and it was basketball gym. And I was like, should I shoot in front of people? <laughs> There's that meme of like Drake with an air ball. And I'm like, do I need to shoot? Should I shoot in front of my crew? Yeah. That seems bad. It does seem bad. Um, And, but I, I was it was I was passable. That's good. I have a I have an observation. Uh, I said it to Lauren Michaels one time. I go, you never wear shorts around people that work for you, right? And he goes, mm. no, never. Yeah, smart pants. Move. Pants. No, I don't even need to see people's feet. Yeah, Mulaney and I have always talked about the the no shorts on stage. Oh, you can't wear God, shorts. No. You can't wear shorts. On I stage. don't think you should. Uh, one time I wore shorts. I've told it on other podcasts. I went to go see Paul Mooney at Caroline's wearing shorts. And he goes, you look like a little boy. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, well, that's a wrap on shorts. Um, that's a wrap on shorts. Yeah. So I get the physical. It is. Uh, it's a, If you ever go to a basketball game, a Knicks game, if you good seats are good enough, you might have the ball for a little bit. And then you're like, what do I? What do I like? Yeah. There's this element of like, what are you going to? So I, I get it. And there's I think in some ways you're better off just staying out of that realm. But if your realm is like your dad is surgery, yes, that's you know. But they say surgeons all have huge egos. Oh, that's interesting. Maybe. I think doctors have big egos generally. Yeah. Um. So I wish you all the luck in the world. <laughs> not maybe related. Maybe 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 not related. Vegetables. I really have vegetables. I don't know. I don't think that counts. But sure, I did write it down because I've noticed it recently. Because you've do- gotten, I've, from what I understand, you've started swimming for yeah, health. I started swimming. I started it's eating. Maybe better. the basis of your entire show. Yeah. What it? Yeah, our, would you say you're like, in good shape yet? Yeah. I reversed my diabetes. I talk about my diabetes in the old man's pool. One of the most unlikely diabetes cases. I never would have guessed. I know. I was really surprised. 
<laughs> I was really surprised. This is funny. This is I like, was, can I tell you something? I was really surprised. Like no, it's a for, secret from your real. from your past. <laughs> yeah. But the oh my gosh. Although I mean, you go down the statistical road of how many people have diabetes in America and how many people are pre-diabetic in America. If you include pre, it's got oh. like 40 million, right? <laughs> it's like I think it's more than that. Maybe, yeah. I think it's like it's a lot. It's whatever the it's Were you pre you got you just I was pre and then pre. I was pre I, no I went pre and then and then I didn't get pre, better. Pre changed nothing. Type 2 diabetes now I'm pre still. Oh, I'm still so pre. You, you and there's nothing much you can do about it? I've tried. I've tried, but <laughs> yeah, I don't know like honestly like I was youngest similar to you big family. I wasn't youngest of 10, but I was the youngest of four. Yeah. And so it was at that point where my parents were like, all right, we're done parenting. And so then they just like, I just did a lot of stuff on my own. I ate a lot of diet. Yeah. I ate a lot of steakum, got a lot of pizza at Shrewsbury Pizza. Steakum is is bad for you. (laughs) Steak strips. Do you remember steakum? Look, I know what steakum is. (laughs) If you think a kid from Philadelphia doesn't, didn't have a a lot of experience with steakums. My name, my friends had them growing up. Steakums had a lot of steakums. Steak, everything that's easy and instant. Yeah, macaroni and cheese, steakum, hot dogs, hamburgers. All the stuff I was eating was just processed. Didn't you at a certain point think I need to stop? Or I guess it didn't happen. No, no. Weirdly, like no, because your metabolism, at least my case, my metabolism like was fine with it in my twenties. I was like, yeah, you're good. And then your thirties, your your body's just like no. Yeah, you can't do this anymore, and then you start feeling bad, and so I start changing my diet. But like, but actually, like, like having my having a daughter, where I'm like, hey, maybe you should have green beans or broccoli or whatever, has made me think like, well, I should have that too. I mean, this oh, is right. this is you crazy. Have a, yeah, like not for me, but you. Yeah, like she's eating person. mushrooms, and it's like I don't like mushrooms, but I should be eating mushrooms. This is ridiculous. Yeah, what have you just like cut out completely? You know, honestly, like lately, I've been cutting out like a lot of processed food. Like, I'm you just should, been, yeah. I've been cutting out like hamburgers and stuff because I started thinking about like how many iterations this went through. I could s- tell yeah. you what to watch. The thing that made me a, a vegetarian, really. If you want to watch it, which one is it? It's a documentary, and it's called Earthlings. Oh, and it came out in 2007. And I remember talking to Ellen, and I go, "I'm a, I'm a vegetarian because I watched the documentary." She goes, "Earthlings." Oh my god! Like, yeah, no way. Because once you see it, you're like, "Okay, I gotta." Now, for some people listening and watching, don't watch it because you right. It's gonna unless ruin you're your life. ready, yeah, yeah. Unless you're ready to stop eating meat like that, yeah. But it'll make you realize. It just shows you what how they get how it happens. And it's and there's a front line about the meat industry that's also just fucking disgusting. Oh wow! So I wrote if this, you're interested, yeah, I wrote this joke this week about it because I've seen a lot of those kinds of documentaries, but not that one. Didn't make it then. But I wrote <laughs> no, but I wrote this joke about how, like I watch, I watch porn. I go, I'm not happy that I watch porn because I'm aware of the ethics of the, the 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 porn industry. The same way that I've seen all the documentaries about the meat industry. And yet, I, I always enjoy a nice fried chicken sandwich. Uh, but 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 I just think those ideas ha- can peacefully coexist, or I should say, they're going to have to. 
because good luck trying to get yeah. people to stop watching porn of while course. eating fried chicken sandwiches. Yes, that's I've seen a lot of the documentaries. I and I saw the the porn documentary. You've watched yep. that. Yeah, that's, the one Rashida made. Yeah, that's yep. a really good documentary. Yep. Still watch porn. I watch less. Correct. You're. It's uh. <laughs> you have like a meatless. You have a pornless Wednesday. <laughs> Do you still watch porn after watching that documentary? Yes. This is a whole separate. Conversation Did it make you think twice on it? I have a bit about how documentaries have ruined pretty much everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true. And uh, it's so true. and yet I still. And when I say I'm vegan, I say I accept Sundays when I eat a shitload of ice cream. Like yeah. So, so it's, I think if everyone just did a little something. Yeah. My porn consumption changed other ways. Okay. Um, but, but, is but that's it, a really good documentary. Yeah. It, it definitely like it. There's a, I think there's two of them where they made a series. Or there's, there's, there's yeah, two. I can't remember. Wow. Yeah. But I, I'm going to consider watching Earthlings to your yeah. recommendation. But I, but it's true. It's that thing where you go, I know if I watch this that I. I'm never, it's going to make things worse. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Jenny and Una are both vegetarians, so it's. It, I mean, I'll be supported around the house. We'd love to see it. We'd love to come join us, except Sundays. All right, this is a good one. Fear of mediocrity. Yeah. You have a fear. Mike Birbiglia has a fear of mediocrity. How does it manifest itself, and what do you think it's about? It's a very vulnerable thing for me to say, because I know that, like... <laughs> Oh, immediately no, I you're see hearing the, like too late. Yes, or whatever. Yeah. exactly. In the comment yeah. section, immediately like I, I, we this police is who, comments. This is who nice. you are. What's yeah. that? We have a we have a we have like a take back our streets philosophy about the comment section. Yes. So we have like special <laughs> units. <and> we have <laughs> <laughs> we police it pretty tightly. Um, yeah, I fear of mediocrity, and uh, and a good portion of my day is consumed with the thought of like oh yeah what i'm doing is mediocre or what i what i made 10 years ago is mediocre and i will feel that way about what i'm doing right now mm -hmm. eventually is mediocre and that that is always running in my brain i mean that's that's sort of why uh like when you see my live shows like when you see old man in the pool there's like nothing in it that is timely to now like, because I want these things to be to age as long as they can, because I immediately cut to, you know, watching Eddie Murphy's, you know, 80s specials now going like, oh, God, like, you're I don't one of the hundreds of people a year who watch old comedy <laughs> specials. If you heard my my I, there's no such thing as posterity, Mike. It's over. No, you're absolutely right. It's over. No one's watching it. No you're, one you're cares. Absolutely right. I remember when I was talking to you about these kinds of shows, and you're like, there's some guy did a show in the 80s. See if you can find it. It's like Mike. And it, that's a guy who was definitive. Yeah. And you're like, ah, we do it. And you're still like, ah, I don't remember his name. Yeah. Ah. The good news is no one's going to care. It's so funny because we were talking about literally someone who in the 80s was doing solo shows. I won't say who. And they're like, he was like Dylan at the time. Like, it, you, know, you know, like he was huge. And like, no one talks about this person's solo shows. Now. Yeah. That's and just, that's what I'm saying. And that's, so, what, we're, that's what we're but destined what for. I'm, but there's also a, a lot of liberation in that, which is, oh, yeah. which is I don't, I, I don't think they need to be like incredibly short-lived. Yeah. But, that's that's uh, of its time, I think. 
this yeah. thing of watching bring the pain over and over again or yeah the thing of watching dave's killing them softly over and over again yeah. or the or the i just don't think it happens anymore no i think you're right and i think it they're used to not it's a joke i'm doing which is like the reason 50 million people watched all in the family is because there was nothing else to do the counterpoint to that is like but why do i still watch the movie broadcast news because it's a narrative narrative yeah and what we i you mean i guess you have a narrative characters yeah. yeah you like the characters you like the and by the way you're it's a real small group who watches broadcast news yeah it's a small group um look you're very tasteful people <laughs> you're incredible people and everyone recognizes that but do you know what i mean like there's there's a small these are all i'm not saying don't have quality i'm not saying what i'm saying is it's it's it was in a draft of blocks that you read, which is William Shakespeare is alive, writing his plays, writing his sonnets, crushing it. Yeah. And his mood on average is about a four point eight out of ten. Mm. Then there's a guy down the street. Craig Shakespeare <laughs> cannot write plots, plays, couldn't his sonnets don't rhyme. He stinks. And his average mood is a 7.7. Who had a better life? Oh. Everything in you in you is going to say William Shakespeare. Right. But I don't know, Mike. Right. So you're basically on mood. Yeah. Because you're How like, much? oh, he's a happier yes. guy. Yeah, what's yeah. The, what's a life well lived? Yeah. Well, I don't know. What was it like for you? Yeah. Was it, were, to quote your old man, ha you having any fun? Yeah, that's right. Honestly. Like, are... So, the, the, well, th this goes to the one of my blocks, which is I'm unable to live in the present. I've actually yeah. been working on this. I got served a TikTok, and it was it was pretty good. What does that mean? I got you get know, you get served a video on Instagram oh, or they TikTok, yeah, yeah, like yeah. it just shows up in your yeah, yeah. FYP or whatever it is. I was like, is this a tier? I don't know about <laughs> no. where they come to your door and they serve you. No, uh, my sir. algorithm served me like a yes. motivational speech thing, but it was actually, I think, pretty good. And it was particularly really good for me, which is which is like the person was like. Your inclination when you wake up in the morning is to think about the past, mm -hmm. but actually what you the first thing you should do is don't check your phone, don't look at your email, whatever it is, uh, don't even think about yesterday. Just write down the things you would like to do today. Be kind to people, you know, do something nice for your wife or your friend. And I started doing it recently, and it's really effective. It's a really good tip. Just think about what you want to do today. Yeah. Just think about today because all that all there is kind of is today. And I in it, the more I did it, the more I actually was like. Oh my god! I really get bogged down in the past, constantly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I get it's, bogged down. I mean, don't think twice. Is all about that. Is like is like being jealous of a person. But what are you what are you jealous of? You're jealous of what's what happened in the past, or what they've done, or what they did wrong that annoyed you. But it's like getting past that's huge. Can you believe how much help we need? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Can you believe that we still as people have to go like ah, every morning yeah <laughs> like ah, okay we're thinking about the present 
Now it's so still. How many fifteen thousand days? Yeah, yeah. Fucking forty, forty. How many thousand days? I don't know. How forty times times three sixty? Anyhow, fear of mediocrity. Okay, well the the thing I want to say about the fear of mediocrity was, uh, what if you're mediocre? Right. Who cares? It's true. But what does that mean? It doesn't even mean anything. It's 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 this thing of. And I think this goes to, you know, as comedians, we're evaluating everything all the time. How is this coffee good? Is it bad? Is it is it ridiculously bad? You know, how can I talk about this on stage? You know, I, I was watching like Seinfeld get interviewed by Stern and Stern goes like. When you're with your wife, are you authentically with your wife? Or are you saying, oh, no, she just no. said is universal and I can relate yeah, to that? No, I'm not authentically with her, nor am I authentically with you right now. Right. You are somewhere else. No. There's material, the material in here. Yeah, I'm looking <laughs> for a something joke right now. Guess right what? Now. There's nothing here. <laughs> Everything is a bit, possibly. And so the mediocrity thing is like me looking at the world and looking at like a ton of like really mediocre people and being like, well, I don't want to be that. And it's like, well, guess what? You probably are. <laughs> and also, what if you are? <laughs> yeah, exactly. What if you are? Well, you probably are. I mean, that's yeah. yeah but, I, but and. <laughs> I know, I know. I don't and know. And that's that thing I was saying about Shakespeare. It's like, so do we put Craig to death because he can't <laughs> Craig write? Craig Shakespeare? Yeah. Yeah. Because he can't, his sonnets, sonnets are garbage? No. But you and I will secretly think less of him. If we're in a room with William Shakespeare and Craig Shakespeare, I probably am going to gravitate toward William. Yeah, that's right. But is again, right. is that the mark of a life well lived? No, I know, but you've we'll schooled never believe me. It. You've schooled me. I know, but we'll never believe it. We'll never. But I think there's something to, and yeah, and and then what? Right. Well, it goes back to the thing my dad says. What's the worst thing that could happen? It's like who cares? Yeah, it actually, doesn't matter. Yeah. Do you feel that way about parenting, or does that feel important? I think that there's a de- with parenting, there's a degree of you have to do a certain amount to make sure that you're doing enough. And then beyond that, I witness a lot of people over, over parenting. Right. That's a very common thing. But I do think like, yeah, I, you, you, you I had Stephen Colbert on my podcast and I go, what's parenting advice that you have? Cause he's, you know, a good dad. And he goes, um, he goes, uh, yeah, I think he said a Maury, Maury Sendak uh, quote, which is like, just love them. Mm-hmm. you know and and i think there's i think that's true and i think about it a lot actually it's just, with una it's just like just love her like that's all that you can do and then everything else shakes out and, and is out of your hands do you try to uh you'll be doing something you'll see her and be like love that yeah and literally try to to turn everything else off yeah and yeah i think he's i think maurice sendak and and Stephen Colbert, those are some smart people. Okay. Letting people down. Yeah. It's a big one. Uh, here's a question. Do you think people have expectations of you where you say... I have it with you. You you and I were on the phone the other day, and I, and you mentioned someone who didn't come on the podcast, and I was like, my, I was like oh, I don't want to let Neil down. Neil, are when are you coming to town? I'll make sure to come on your podcast, right? Just to, as an offer in case you want to. 
I don't want to let you down as a friend. I don't want yeah. to let Jimmy Carr down as a friend. I don't want yeah. to let my Jenny down as my, as my wife. You know, like, I don't know. I that's just that's just drilled in me. I don't know where that's from. Well, I would say it's common decent. I would. What I would you might want to say it again for the. You might want to say it again. No, I think you're good. All it's right, it's your podcast. No, no, right. I mean, all right, that's. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing the thing. No. Yeah, I'm sorry, doing the thing. can't control it. Um, there was a siren, and I just am a little bit neurotic about. I'm, it. I just remembered Sound. a thing from my childhood. I had an aunt that was like very like probably just some sort of nervous condition and we and i i don't know if it was my idea but we went and threw a ball like a baseball like near her just to fuck with her yeah but i was thinking it'd be funny if i like had a bunch of sirens and noises outside (laughs) just to see if you could handle it like huh yeah yeah. so are we good with the sound okay yeah um the letting people down is it catholic boy stuff could be I, yeah like i think it's you and i both have that we have that yeah. in common i was you know uh you were altar boy too right yeah yeah we're altar boy. and uh yeah just yeah letting i don't know if it's catholic letting people down um i honestly don't know where it comes from it's a huge part of my life do you think people have expectations of you naturally because there's a part I, I, of me that's like it's some of this could be ego but then I also think some, a lot of behavior and expectations are just like, no, we've all kind of agreed to like a certain way to be. And then I'll try to behave around there. I have it with audiences. So like I was in Madison at the comedy club last week. And after every show, I think about whether or not I let down the audience or whether or not the audience felt going away like it was better than they expected. I always think in relation to you always want I think Lewis Black said this uh, on stage when I was opening for him early in my career where he, he was always give people a little bit extra, you know? And I think that's a really smart way to look at life. It's like you always want to give people more than they expected. And then it just puts people in a better headspace. And I, I but I, I, I have that in space. Like I, I don't stop thinking about that. Like Dude. I was calibrating it last week, for example, like, I, like in Madison, I was like, I was like the first show, I didn't like how that, ended and so then i i went into my rolodex of like bits from old man in the pool and i was like well if i ended with the wrestling story from old man in the pool it'll the audience will understand what it's like to see a bit that's not a new bit that's like what it's like when it's all put together like all the jokes are put together in a story and and it and it worked but like i i just think about that all, like all day like i can't i don't know about you but like when i'm doing a show at night i think about the show all day of course okay. i don't yeah there's not i listened to my set on saturday yeah like i was doing a show i did two shows friday other than the guy dming me successful <laughs> and then but i'm still i'm not i don't think it's like i can't imagine ever like resting yeah i mean like, either I think that's pretty good. Yeah. Obviously, you you release the thing when it's or you go. That's the show, but even within the show, there's line reads that you want. Yeah. Like that's oh, yeah. not kicking. Yeah, what happened there? Yeah, what happened? Like, why isn't that? So I don't think I think it's the same thing where it's just that's why I don't. I think you're just good at you care about a thing and you're good at it. Yeah, maybe. But I think it's a problem. 
<laughs> I think it's um, do you, but do, all right. Well, I guess letting people down, are you a people pleaser? Like to yeah. the point where it hurts you? Mm. I mean, I, I think it's possible. Yeah. I think I'm incapable of, I mean, but, but this is not specific to me. I think I'm incapable of, like you're saying, resting. I'm incapable of uh, sustaining like joy. Like, like it's funny because Ira Glass was on my podcast for my hundredth. He said this thing that's true, but I'm kind of like, yeah, like he's like, like, do you ever think about the fact that that your public persona is someone who's just eminently relaxed? Like there's something very yes. relaxed in your presentation on stage. And I'm like, right, but it's not insincere. When I'm on stage, I am relaxed. Yeah. I'm experiencing the release of the tension that, that all day. Yeah. 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 So it's not false. It's real. But are do you find yourself hurting yourself to please other people? I mean, it depends on how you define it. Because I, I don't know. I don't. Not that I can think of. But then you might be like, oh, but what about this? And be like, oh, yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. Like I negating yourself to make somebody else feel good or codependency or anything. Yeah. So. I think I'm I'm just better at being on stage than I am being off stage. I think off stage. That was the next thing. Yeah. Being being yourself off stage or on stage. Yeah, off stage is is uh, it's just more challenging. I think like I find myself constantly yeah, trying to hold up over hold up my end of the conversation. It's like that Brian Regan bit of It's like in a cab to the airport and I'm getting out and the driver goes, "Hey, uh, have a nice flight." You too. Yeah. You too. Yeah. With your flight when, yeah. when you, you ever take get out <laughs> on a plane. In case you ever fly someday. <laughs> yeah. But like that the reason that bit is so good, you know, in addition to his act out of it, is like there is an overcompensation that that people like me have that is like trying to always make it work. And it's not always gonna work. You know who captures it so well is Tim Robinson on I Think You Should Leave. It's like that whole show is you is you too. Yeah. Is uh what? what? <sighs> yeah. I uh, yeah, yeah. I'm supposed to laugh into the yeah. microphone and so I'm gonna, yeah. you know. Yeah. It goes too far. I'm of both minds about it because I I used to be A, I'm I have I'm more of an introvert than maybe you are. And and then I also learned boundaries in a 12 step program. Oh, you did. So, I learned boundaries, but then yesterday I was here, I was walking with a friend of mine and a I went into a store and a bunch of people recognized me and, and that worked there and she's like, "Your mood changed." Oh when they God. were and I was like, so I, "Because I had to then be Oh my god. It became a performance. It is, yeah. Cuz I didn't want I didn't want it to be yeah, that guy's. Uh, I didn't want it to be a story of like, yeah, that guy came in. He's kind of, he, he's an yeah. asshole, or he's bad. He's quiet, or he, I just wanted to be like, yeah, he was funny. Yeah, <laughs> but you're kind of just doing crowd work at that point. There's a funny. Mo I saw an interview clip from the musician Moby. Uh huh. And he goes, "The best thing about being famous is knowing it's not finding out it's not good." And so then you don't want it anymore. Right. Yeah. Which I think is so smart. Yeah. Because he, he says this thing. He goes, everyone in culture has some degree of they want to be famous or what would it like 
to be famous. And you can't know until you know. And if when you know, you're like, oh yeah, don't want that. Yeah, I, I'm a, I'm a, I, it's there's upsides and downsides. Yeah, the guy gave me ten percent off. <laughs> so right there, right there. Yeah. So do you? Should I go on? Yeah. yeah. So that's ten percent off. But yeah, yeah, yeah. but it, you don't you don't have any an- <laughs> anonymity. Go on? The anonymity part. It, again, it's like if you. Yeah, the anonymity part. Yeah, is that's like the hard part. But ten percent off. Ten <laughs> percent off shirt. Um. So. Okay, here's the my final two questions. How have you improved as an adult? Oh, uh, I'm much less reckless than I was in my 20s and my teens. With what I say to people that could hurt their feelings. Yeah. And how I could behave that hurts their feelings or makes them feel bad or, or whatever. Like I, when I look at my particularly my 20s, although when I look at my teens, it's bad too. Like I almost don't even like, I don't even think of people in their 20s as being adults. They're, I don't think they are. Like adults? Yeah, like I think it's only in my, like roughly around 30 on where I started to have a consciousness of like understanding that if I'm, if I'm just casually saying some random criticism of some person or something, that, they take that in. People yeah, there's get, a quote where it's like people, the job of a person is to constantly underestimate the impact you have on other people. Like this, I'm just going to say this thing. Right. I'm on my way to somebody, something else. I'm going to thoughtlessly say a thing that you're going to think about for seven years. That's right. And I, we don't even think about it. I did a corporate gig once and it went badly. And then the guy, I came off stage and the guy goes, does it usually go that badly? <laughs> and I think about it as like 10 years ago. Yeah. 10 years ago. That, isn't that in I what I should have said was nothing? Isn't that in one No, of no, shows? it's not it's even. No, no. That's it's another, a different bomb. It's another hell gig. Right. Yeah, yeah. But like, but like I think about it to this day. And I think that that's what I exercised or I tried to exercise out of my personality from my teens and 20s is just like, is like saying things. I, You know, part of it is. I think part of it is you can't imagine that anything you do or say would have any impact on other people. Right. It's kind of like this thing of like, you know, there's that old like trope, like, like you don't know your own strength. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like you hit, you push somebody and like yeah. they fall over. You're like, yeah. oh, I didn't know he was going to fall over. Yeah. It's like, no, literally like your words and your actions like can make people feel terrible. Yeah. And I feel like I didn't grasp that until my 30s and 40s. Like, I'm just like, I just didn't clock it. And I I feel bad even thinking about it. Yeah, I don't, I think it's hard. I just think it's hard to, especially we're trying to be funny. We're trying to be clever. We're trying to be energetic. We're trying to be all this stuff. And and we also are value, we get, if you do crowd work, you're saying things at a split second pace. You're gonna say, and you wanna, and you, what you value in terms of, I like, I know for me, I value, uh, I find honesty helpful in my personal life. Now, having said that, I've stopped talking to people for being rude to me. So, so, <laughs> so I'm a total hypocrite. I just think, like, well, you know, whatever it is, my first special was called, my first hour was called What I Should Have Said Was Nothing. And I feel like that in some ways was the actual lesson of my 20s is like, you don't have to weigh in on everything. Yeah. You actually don't have to tell people how you feel all the time. That's the social media lesson. 
<laughs> yeah. You, like I, I said things to like people I like, dated in the past where I look back and I go, why would I say that? Like I was like, like I'll, I'll have said like, like, you know, they'll be like, why, why, why aren't we seeing each other anymore or whatever? And I'll be like, I don't think you're intellectually curious. You know what I mean? <laughs> and it's like, why would I say that? Like, there's no re like that person doesn't need to even know I that thought I that. that was controversial. I still think it wasn't. But a girl got upset because I said, you're not as healthy as I thought you were. Oh, interesting. Which I don't think is a diss. It's just like, I thought you were like a portrait of health and it's you're you're you have problems wow but i didn't even say that specifically but people think that i was wrong to say that if you think i was wrong to say that there's a dozen other things you don't that i'm not going to tell you yeah but, there's so many but things. i generally i i have a thing where i won't tell people why we why i don't want to date them you're you're correct though yeah you're it's none of their that, it's that's, it's just my own it's not a, it's just my it's like i'm not it's not a tasting kitchen where i go this needs more pepper <laughs> it needs more pepper for me i don't know like i'm not they people aren't uh, offering themselves like how should i be like the you're you were you i was me it didn't work didn't work out and also like you can and also there's ways to say nothing like it's maybe timing. I don't know. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it's just something that has nothing yeah. to do with either of us. Yeah. You know, it's not maybe not going to work out. Yeah. And let them put it together. Sure. Later or maybe yeah. it's like it all is fine. It's all going to be fine. And it, also the odds of these working are so slim. I think that maybe the lesson in it is like people don't need user reviews. Correct. Yeah, I totally agree. Unless they ask. Unless they specifically they, ask. They don't yes. need a user review. You don't have to yes. criticize people. And it's funny because our fucking job is criticizing people. And mm -hmm. so like we get like a sharp. That's the other thing. You end up with a, a, a sharp blade. Pretty sharp blade. <laughs> <laughs> and then you don't know. Like I, I, I even like things I said to comics in my 20s. I'm like, oh, what was I saying? I, yeah. Like I was so insulting to that person. And I didn't even know it. Yeah. Like I thought yeah. that I was just being having camaraderie with another comic. And then like, oh no, I was I was essentially like shiving them in their gut, like where they already yeah. were wounded for 20 years. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's the thing. So I you learned. got better with that. All right. And here's the final question. And this is you're the first person who's actually done movies about his life. <laughs> What's the movie <laughs> of your life who plays you? Oh yeah. What's the movie of my life who What's plays the me? Art? I mean, certainly like uh, you know, the who plays me is Paul Rudd, because he's just a handsome man who Correct. doesn't age and yep. he's and he's so funny. And he's, he's as funny as any of us. Yep. And you can get him on the phone. And you can get him on the phone. <laughs> and he, he came to the show and everything. And uh so he knows the material. He knows, he knows the tone. He, knows, he understands it. He yeah, can, yeah, I'm sure yeah. he does a passable verbiglia. He, I mean, he can. Do, I mean, I think the guy can do anything. Yeah, I've seen him on Broadway. I've seen him in movies. He's just, he's, he's as good as there is. I think as a yeah, comedy, as a comedy actor. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's who I think that's who plays me. And then, uh, and a decent guy, nice guy. Yeah, really nice. Yeah, yeah. He's he's one who, when people come up to him and they do, he's very very nice. Yeah, he's very extraordinarily nice. And then, uh, and then the movie is about. I mean, honestly, I don't think, you know, it's like the expression, like the eye can't see itself. It's like, I, 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 say I make autobiographical, semi-autobiographical stuff. And I think, and yet, I don't know what but the, you're, the movie But what's the big is. arc? Because you've what done I mean. many arcs. No, but I They're don't. They're all, or they're episodes of a bigger arc. I don't know. That I'm, you're I'm, unaware of. I'm striving for 
in my at this stage in my life, I'm striving for uh, a healthier approach to my life where I do the things that we've talked about it in this podcast, which is living the present, being kind to the people in my life, focusing on what's happening today and not what happened yesterday. And so I don't know if I succeed in that. Like I feel like, like the, in in all great movies, it's like the 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 Craig Mazin says this on the Script Notes podcast, and super smart. I think it's like it's like every great movie has like a thesis, and the and the protagonist is trying to embody the thesis and fails at it. Do they believe it's his thesis or a thesis? It's in other words, the it's the writer's thesis right. that the protagonist just so happens to encounter or cross paths with. And basically the, the protagonist gets knocked on his or her ass by the thesis in yeah. life. You know, something happens or oh well I can't yeah. run away from this anymore. Yeah. I'm gonna have to deal with it. And and then you see the character do battle with the thesis. And by the end they're the antithesis, which is usually a, a tragedy, to go back to your Shakespeare analogy, or they have some kind of communion with the thesis, and that's a comedy in Shakespearean terms. And so, like, is my life a tragedy or comedy? I don't know. It hasn't ended yet, so we don't know. We don't even know that part. Like, if I whatever, if I if I became super irresponsible and I drove off a cliff, you'd be like, oh, that's a sad story. Yeah. Like he was a comedian, he's a pretty decent guy, and then he like drove off a cliff and yeah. because he, he lost his way. So I don't know. I know I don't the point is I don't what know. What do you hope it is? You hope you hope it's about improvement. I hope yeah. I hope it's about there's this great episode of this American life called New Me, mm -hmm. N U M M I, and it means continuous improvement. And it's about how it's a great episode people want to listen. It's like uh about uh, Japanese assembly lines of cars and how they try to bring this principle of Numi, which is that anyone on the assembly line could point out how they could make an improvement, like, uh, and they will consider it. Like, maybe we'll do that. And that's why Japanese assembly lines of cars became so successful. And they tried to bring Numi, and this is what that movie, the Michael Keaton movie, Gung Ho, Gung -Ho was about yeah. in the 80s, was they tried to bring that to Detroit. And it didn't, and I think in real life, it didn't quite work. Yeah. Like they tried to bring that and people were like, nah, I don't know. <laughs> <Whatever>. <laughs> yeah. It became user reviews. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, so I'm always trying to think about it, it, continuous improvement and all that kind of stuff in relation to making movies and my podcast and my, uh, and my act, my hour. And, and do I succeed at that? I don't know. I mean, I, I don't think anyone can know. Yeah, so I, I wish I, I wish I had a better answer, but that's sort of well. How the I think good news is we have a cast, <laughs> and it's Paul Rudd. Now we just need a script. Even we need a story. Yeah, and 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 then we'll take her from there. Yeah, that's right. I I mean I I there's got to be like who you were and who you are and who you'd like to be. Yeah, I think that's right. I think that's right. And what I think, is I, the story? I, what is that? Well, I think that the, that story becomes like you take some part of Sleepwalk with Me, which is, or or Old Man in the Pool, like brushes with death, having cancer, jumping through a second story window, sleepwalking, and then real, you know, realizing. When like, did you have cancer? I when I was twenty, in bladder cancer. That's I talk in, about an Old Man in the Pool. Yeah, <laughs> I know it's wild. I had a bladder tumor, took it out, didn't come back. Super lucky. Yeah. Super lucky. I was actually working on, I've been working on this 
you can hear it on the Ira Glass episode of my podcast, but I've been working on it for a story for This American Life because I, I talk about this idea of like, I had blood in my pee. That's how I found out. And it's a symptom, but it's like, if you have a symptom, you're lucky. Most people, yeah. most people don't get symptoms. It's like some people fall asleep at there is three in the morning driving and your, they fall asleep, but that's not, there was no symptom. There is something about your life that is a bit, babe in the woods is the wrong. Because <laughs> you're not naive. No, I don't but think But you're like being spun around a little bit. For sure. Like there's, do you get spun around in, in girlfriend's boyfriend? For sure. Yeah. Like literally. Get, like I, I, literally. I thought you were doing emotion from I am, girlfriend's boyfriend. But it, like, like, like the scrambler. That's kind of what your. Yeah. Please stop the ride. A lot of your existence is where you're like, I have a kid. I have cancer. Yeah. Yeah. Diabetes. I, I actually think one of the things that I have to deal with, which is challenging is the thing you're saying, which is like you you're not naive but you have like a babe in the woods kind of thing i have to deal with that a lot because in show business everyone always thinks i'm new <laughs> and they always think they're discovering me so funny. so they'll be like hey you gotta come do our stick uh, with it yeah you got yeah stick with it i get a lot yeah. you're gonna make it mm -hmm. i'm like literally like i I, did, I remember doing sleepwalk with me in 2008 and there's a the side of the building at Bleecker street theater had posters of New York Times reviews and all these nice things. And I'm standing out there and this person goes, stick with it. I think you're going to make, I think you're going to make it. I'm like, I'm on the side of a building, New York City. Like I, at what point do people go, no, no, no this is it. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, that, that that's a tricky thing is like, I forever have people thinking they need to like help me like, but I'm like, I'm good. I'm good. I'm working. But it's you know. a good voice. It's a good comedic voice. Yeah, Meaning, I guess so. Like, ha, ha, ha. Right. I guess it's like, you're so competent. So to have, it's like Will to Ferrell have the shell, to yeah. have the shell be like, ah, ah, I'll try, writes a thousand jokes. <laughs> <laughs> I'll see what I can do. 10 shows. Like, it, it does seem naive, but it's like very focused and... And but these things happen that are overwhelmed, that are like bigger than that are would make anyone seem naive. No one goes into cancer being like, all right. Oh, I know. You would know way better than me, seeing as you've had it. Well, it was weird because Ira said to me on my show, he goes, How did it feel? And I go, I disassociated. Like when I had when I found out that I had cancer. That's I by the way, side note, you've told me that that's always Ira's sort of how did it feel like that's the only question yeah that's the only question how did it feel yeah like and in any in if you're lost in a story it's like how did it feel yeah and then i i, I said this thing i go it's like it's disassociation it's like you're in a movie you're living you're the character in the movie and all of a sudden you're watching the movie and you're like that's a sad movie mm -hmm. that that's how it that's how it felt so to answer your question of like, what's the movie version? It's like, I think it's that it's the brushes with death and then realizing like that it could go at any moment. And also going from like disassociating to associate. Associating. To like, yeah. Yeah. Being oh, conscious. Fuck. Like the being John Malkovich of like. No, that's what I'm saying. See, I don't I don't really need an extra bath mat. Like, oh, fuck. All right. I'm in this. And this is. Uh, this is hard. Yeah. 
tell you what's not hard it's podcasting guys that's right not when you're like me and mike berbiglia <laughs> <laughs> all right thanks, buddy. Thank um you. thank you and thanks uh if I haven't said it enough, thank you for all your support through the years. And on thank all you the for shows. your inspiration.